No, this week on Invasion of the Podcast, PlayStation 4 goes pro. We're here to kick ass, chew bubblegum, and talk about John Carpenter. And we're all out of bubblegum. And the Nacho Hat of Sorting makes its return as it picks out your next favorite remake. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. We're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. They call me Snake Stedman. And to my left is Joe. Really heavy synth bass line. Peters. There is a lot of synth. Oh, hey, I found some gum, by the way. Yeah. We're we were all out of gum there. I so that, now we that was just, a lie. Now we could just chew gum and not talk about anything Ow. else. No. Um, so, yeah, I hope everybody had a, a, a productive or unproductive Labor Day weekend, however you wanted to spend it. Um, I was completely and utterly unproductive to the point to where I have not felt like that much of a, like a sack of shit in like forever. Like all I did, and we talked about this last week a little bit, I just played World of Warcraft like like I had no life yeah. for three days straight. It was bad. Yeah. Like I'm surprised it didn't like pop out of like a nerd cocoon, all like you know slimy and new with new skin. Like it's, it was so bad. Like I'm, I'm sure there's people that have died in Korean internet caf- cafes for playing less than I played. Yeah, that it was it was bad, but I I loved it. I I worked all week. <laughs> have you ever played something so much that like you you want to stop playing, but you're like, but I'm here, so I'm just gonna keep playing it. Yeah, that's kind of how my day off yesterday was. <laughs> I was like, I got. Well, I was just telling somebody, I was like, man, I haven't had a good like just relaxed day where I don't do anything, and I decided to take that day yesterday. Yeah, that was me for three days. Like so. it was so bad to the point where I was like, I should go to the store and buy groceries to make dinner. We're like. I'll only be gone for a half hour. I was like convincing myself. I'm like, I can come back and finish oh, this zone. That's pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and then I was angry because the fantasy football draft I was part of this weekend was pushed back an hour. And I'm like, you guys understand I have priorities. And those priorities are not this. <laughs> like, I want to screw up my team so bad. And I want to go back to playing World of Warcraft. So, Oh, geez. Um, it's yeah. got its hooks in you hard. It, it does. But it's, it, that happens like every two years. I'm like, play, 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 play. Yeah. And then kind of, you and know. You're like, yeah. 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 Good, anyway. good expansion so far. We'll talk about it more, I'm sure, later. Sure, down the road, but let's jump into news. Don't have a whole lot of news, but let's jump into it. Good news, everyone. Good news. We're we're, <laughs> we're getting more video game systems. I, I, was, I thought you were just like, good news. Good Can we news. be done now? It's the no, end of summer, it's so, and yeah. I'm sweating still. You know what? Fall snuck in there for like a second on Saturday. It did. Like, I went to Oktoberfest. I know we usually... I did this out of order. I should have talked about this beforehand. <laughs> I did go to Oktoberfest and, uh, at the Cuyahoga County Fairgrounds on Saturday. Did and, you see the Wiener Dog races? No. we went. Uh, it was after I had to work, so I went at, like late at night. But I did watch the Glockenspiel, which I don't understand that. Like, what? What is the Glockenspiel? So, like, every year... I know we hit news, but we're going to backtrack. This is news. This is Labor Day news. This is Labor Day news. So, every year, we go... Me, me and the girlfriend go to Oktoberfest, and they always have a Labor Day weekend. 
and it's a big German festival, you know, uh, with food and a lot of beer, obviously they have a beer garden with craft beer with a lot of local breweries. And then, um, uh, they always have one German beer company. I want to say it's, uh, uh, it starts with an H and I don't even want to say it cause I'll butcher the name, but they're always there kind of like sponsoring it and different trucks around there. So they have one, uh, kind of like, I guess like stage show that plays regularly. So they have like this area where they serve Jägermeister, different types of like, you know, uh, Jäger bombs or just straight Jägermeister. And it's like a booth. And then on top of the booth, they have like a stage that looks kind of like, I want to say like a Swiss cuckoo clock. Like they have these doors where the people come out. Okay. And they always put on like music and a show and they do the, you know, the, the traditional German dancing where, you know, they're smacking their thighs and their, and their, their feet. And you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, but like they always come out and they do different things. Like they did like a little red riding hood thing. And it's like a little like 15 minute like show where there's like these skits that make no sense. (laughs) And, and then the guys come out and they dance and the girls come out and they dance. And then, and then they play some like, some weird mashup between like German music and techno music, which I guess is actually all German, all German. Yeah. Um, at the end. And then they just kind of get the crowd going and they throw like beads and like, you know, swag into the crowd. And then they do that like every half hour, every hour, <laughs> but they do it on the, like the, the roof or above these booths. And, and that's like the Glockenspiel show that they always do. So, but I had a ladies I, and gentlemen, we are Glockenspiel. They did play Rammstein, which was kind of funny. <laughs> like I was standing in line, because we were trying to get um, Popperkosh, which they, which they sold out of Popperkosh, which was complete BS. Like, So is that a German thing? I thought that was a Czech thing. Well, it, it is a Czech thing, but like they usually have Popperkosh in a lot of their, their meals okay. like, with different things at the Because I love Popperkosh. I, yeah. I, I never had Popperkosh until I come to Cleveland, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. But um, yeah, completely out of Popperkosh at Oktoberfest. And uh, I heard Rammstein playing. I was like, wow, they finally kind of like, they were like, here's some some music from the homeland that you probably never heard at Oktoberfest. And how it was how just, much David Hasselhoff did they play? None. Oh. Yeah. But it was just it was just a quick intro, but it was kind of cool. And it was funny. Speaking of Hasselhoff, like I was telling somebody at work I was going to Oktoberfest and they're like, oh yeah, David Hasselhoff, blah, blah, And I'm like, they're like, yeah, he's like a German national treasure. I'm like, well, they love him in Germany, but he was born in Maryland. <laughs> I'm like, he's not German. And they're like, no, he's German. I'm like, well, Hasselhoff is definitely German sounding, but he's born in Maryland. And I had to look it up and show somebody. I'm like, I like that there's someone that really believed like this guy's like, you know, his, his English accent is flawless. Like, yeah. Just really good. Yeah. No, but yeah, that's, that's what happened. That was my news for the weekend. So oh, no, right. like real news. So, um, uh, Apple announced some stuff today, which I'm not going to talk about, but they did announce that uh, Mario is going to oh, come to the iOS. I thought the news story was like, yeah, they announced stuff. That's not our news. That's We're not, moving on. That is not our news. Yeah. We're moving on. Yeah. Uh, but they announced that Mario is going to pop over onto the iOS with a Mario run game. So I think it's kind of cool that, like, um, you know, Nintendo, I guess you could kind of say they, they broke into the foray of that with Pokemon Go because Nintendo owned the Pokemon company. Well, yeah, but they they weren't the ones that developed that. That was uh, the name. Like, Nintech. Yeah, right. Nintech de- and developed it, but, I mean, pretty much like Pokemon was like, here, you can put this label on there, and then 50 million people will download it. Yeah, and people have been clamoring for a while. Like they said, like, Nintendo, like, you you are the master of Hand-held. taking innovative technologies and making fun, interactive games that aren't, like, they're nice, they're, like, they're, they're short bursts of a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's like, why haven't you moved to mobile? And right. they've been so hesitant, and they and they have had a strong handheld market for a long time. I feel like they're I feel like they're always going to have a handheld device, but like it's probably a lot easier for a parent now 
just to have a phone to hand the kid the phone with the right. game on us going out to buying a DS. Well, I know a lot of people that would constantly buy a new DS every year, like 3DS or mm-hmm. DS SDD3 or whatever. They would just move the letters around, <laughs> and like you'd have to the get D3S, a new. You'd what? have to get yeah. You'd have to get a new one every year for the kids. Um, so no, that's kind of cool. Mario's coming to iOS um, and uh, mobile platforming, which. Uh, who was it? Somebody said recently that they're going to focus a lot on mobile gaming soon. Um, yeah, and I, well, I also it know was that a big gaming company. I want to say it was EA, but it wasn't EA. Oh, um, well, I mean, we're we're seeing a lot from um, Blizzard Activision, like in terms of like like you were just playing Hearthstone before we started playing, and that's like yeah. that was like I mean, that, so and then also I know I just talked about World of Warcraft, but like Blizzard just released their their World of Warcraft Legion app that go along with it, so everyone knows that this is a marketplace that you got to have a foot in. So yeah, um, and I think the more apps you have as companion wise for games, the the better it is. Um, I remember when Dead Rising 3 came out and I was using the Xbox Smart Glass app with it. It was like really cool to use that with your phone in the game. Yeah. So you could track and check stuff. You didn't have to go into a separate menu or you would actually get alerts on your phone while you're playing, you know, for things that would happen in the game. And hmm. like, because the game doesn't alert you to everything. So. Oh, I, I was not aware of that. That's cool. Well, I just, yeah, because yeah. it was like, it's a time based thing. So it's like when time starts to run out, you don't know unless you're really paying attention. So. Hmm. I, so I saw the little trailer for Mario Run. It looks like a Mario game, and if like it had you told me like had not told me it was an endless runner game, I would not have thought that because I mean, it, what's Mario? Mario is just going from left to right. Like if you break down Mario, it's always going left to right, jumping, hitting on you know hitting hitting on enemies. Like hey Goomba, what's going on? You want hey, to go? hey Koopa Troopa? Yeah, right. Um, I know I'm looking for the princess, but you'll do just fine. No, and so. I I would have known that was Endless Runner, but then I saw the way they did it, how you're always going from like left to right or whatever. And then because Nintendo is Nintendo, they have switch blocks that cause him to run backwards. Not like not turn directions, but run backwards and then go forwards. It's like they've they've found ways to make it Mario. And it looks like it just it's going to make a bajillion dollars is what's going to happen. And that will help them prop up their company to release consoles no one wants to buy. That's Mario what's sounds happen. like he has such an exhausting life. <laughs> Like he's always got something going on, whether it's running, hitting boxes, collecting coins, driving go karts, spraying things down, doing no actual plumbing. Yeah, doing no action. When are they going to come out with a plumb simulator? Yeah, right. I think there would be. This would be the right time to make one of those stupid pipes games. You know, like when we have to find the different pieces of pipe and make a puzzle and do a Mario one. Like you know. Whatever. What was that one they had for a while about, like uh, something about the bathwater, where you had to make it, uh, like oh, the, the, the alligator. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, there you go. Where's my water? I think yeah, where's my water? Disney That's one. It, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Um, but I mean, so so you got Mario with an app. Like you know, people are going to eventually want a Zelda app of some sort. And then I think I think this would be a good time to to actually have like a Metroid. Like uh, oh, I'd love a Metroid mobile app game. Yeah, you know, and like I I, I say that, and it's funny because I I do play mobile gaming. I don't want to say a lot, but I play it enough. Like I play, I play Hearthstone, and then like I have. There's a Marvel game that I play, which is which is a lot like, um, like I don't want to say it's like Pokemon because it's not. Like there's 3D fighting, and then you have like you have to collect heroes, but it's like one of those things where it's like a daily login, and you kind of do all your stuff. But I play those two games, but like I do play them every day at least usually. So yeah. I think like a side scroller like Metroid or something. The problem I have is like the controls. Like it's you gotta you gotta have like a really good touch screen with sensitive controls, and it's hard to use. Um, uh, like the um, 
this the the pad that they put on the screen. It's not as accurate as like something that like a DS would have. Well, yeah, I'm not saying necessarily make something like Twitch gaming, but you could take the Metroid idea in that universe, and, and I'm sure you could do something interesting with it. Same thing, like like how many other like Nintendo franchises can you apply that to? Uh, you know, I'm sure that there would be a good RPG set up that you could have to like a home world. I know people have been wanting another cop, another, not another copy, another version of that game. So Nintendo has a ton. Like the one thing Nintendo does really well is that they have their franchises and they make them shine and they will always remind you why you love them. Oh yeah. And so like, you know, well, they've, yeah. they've done that. They've done a great job of generation hopping. Um, and I don't think they'll ever fail at it because a lot of their stuff is so timeless because like, I, you know, we've talked about stuff like, you know, we, we get like um, we get old men sometimes, you know, we're, or we get very old man like sometimes on this podcast. We but get old men. sometimes. We get old men sometimes. Uh, but like I rem- there is an era for us for Zelda and then there's an era after us for Zelda. And now there's another whole nother era of a Zelda starting. But it's timeless. You know, it's like I can't speak to some Zelda games the way some kids can or even some adults can now. That's know? true. But I mean, even if you look at like um <clears throat> how Nintendo would apply their franchises to different game types like Dr. Mario. Mm-hmm. Like you could make a, like an awesome Dr. Mario game for Yeah, the phone. oh yeah. And I mean they did that with RPGs with Paper Mario yeah. and then they you know you've got your Mario Kart um even uh I think well Mario Sunshine's pretty much a straight up Mario type game but it's not really like anything else. Mario Party. Yeah, so you could do I mean could you imagine if they put out a WarioWare app that's just all those mini games. Like you could have so much fun I with that. WarioWare. That was way too much for like short attention span. There's um there's I'm sure this is a like this game has been copied many times as game type, but there's uh, one called Dumb Ways to Die. That's a lot of those type of mini games. And it was originally it was originally an ad campaign over in England for people to like watch where trains are going so you don't fall like you know get hit by a train. And they had a whole little song called Dumb Ways to Die and they had a little video about showing all these different ways you can die. They made a game of how you're supposed to protect all these little characters from dying. And I like it a lot. That it's funny, but it's really fast. It has that WarioWare vibe to it where you have to protect people and like do real quick things and, and remember all oh, crap, I gotta do this with this game now. And then this one I gotta I gotta blow on the screen and very quick, you know, like I enjoyed that. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um but anyway, yeah. Good on good on Nintendo. I feel like I feel like they're five years behind where they should be by now with this. I feel like of all the the major game companies we talk about, this is the one that they were always looking at and always like, you know, maybe, but then they wouldn't commit to it. But it took Apple to be like, no, 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 come on over. And it's like, we make a lot of money. You should make a lot of money too, you know? So yeah. anyway. There's so uh, speaking of video games too, uh, PlayStation announced today that the PlayStation Pro is going to be coming out in November. Uh, I think that was kind of not too much of a surprise considering that Xbox announced the, announced the Xbox One S. Uh, so you have these two new consoles for the holiday, and you know before you guys start kind of freaking out like I gotta go buy a new console. No, we'd we'd have a little bit more heavier of a news shock than that. It was <laughs> like a next gen console. It's not next gen. All they did to cut it down and make it simple for you is they changed the video card in the systems. That's it. Like you go up and you scratch it off. And it's like it's this PlayStation Five. No, they lied. Uh, they it's lied. Like, yeah. No, they're they're increasing the graphics processor. Uh, they're doing a few other little tiny things like size, obviously. Uh, there, some of them will come with better hard drives, but you know, for the most part, the the CPU is staying the same. Um, you know, things like 4K support uh, are coming, and and things like that, and just like the frame rates are going to get a little bit better. Um, so that's about it. But but the, it's not going to affect anybody getting a game. No, yeah. but like if you're if you're somebody who owns a 4K TV. 
I think PlayStation Pro worked, or PlayStation's worked fine with 4K. Xboxes didn't, but now they will. Um, storage, if it's an issue, or if you're just going to pick up one of these systems for the first time, I'd probably recommend getting one of these guys. Uh, but it's just another one of those things to, to kind of drive um, holiday sales. And I feel like, you know, going back, talking about uh, uh, Mario iOS, um, you know, you know, uh, not to talk about Apple's big thing that happened today where they announced their phone. Um, but it, it seems like manufacturers are taking something like that and, and they, they, they have a product that works great, but then they create a product that's slightly greater or slightly better. I almost yeah. greater, slightly better. And then they just keep that rolling because people will buy that new product and and it's just and I think I see this. This is the same thing with Microsoft and and Sony. Is it's just like you guys have PS4s and Xbox Ones, but there's an Xbox One Plus and a PS4 Plus coming out. What's the difference? Uh, the, your frame rates will probably be a little bit better, and it's going to run you about four hundred dollars if you want to get the new one. But your old one, you can trade in for like a hundred bucks. You know. Well, and I also feel like I mean, so in defense of Sony, which I never thought I'd ever say out loud, um, every one of their their consoles they put out. They've always streamlined it like a year or two after or two years into like the life cycle, right? So like, you know, PlayStations you end up having like the the PS ones that were the smaller ones, and then PlayStation Two got this PS Two Slim, mm-hmm. and they, so like they go through and realize what works, and it's like, hey, technology's like gotten better in the time, you know, the, the time in between, we can make this cheaper and and faster, you know. So I mean, this has been their mo for like the fourth you know generation now. So yeah. um, Xbox, other than doing the redesign of the 360 from where where it was to yeah, you know that's about it and I know yeah. the controller for the original Xbox was redone but that was <laughs> I still have one of those big duke controllers the from duke the original Xbox it's so big yeah it's like I can set it on my lap and press the buttons with the palms of my yeah. hands <laughs> and play NFL Blitz 2001 or whatever it was on it um look at this Halo game it's pretty great except it's the first half of the game is like the second half of the game but in reverse it's almost like they ran out of time making this <laughs> and just flipped the map around yeah. Anyway, that actually happened. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, new systems kind of. I um, I rushed out and bought both Xbox One and PlayStation Four. I actually bought them both the same day because uh, I like, still don't have a PS Four. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get one. I might get one when um, what the hell's coming out soon? Something they announced. <laughs> what they announced at E3 besides Spider Man? I don't know. God of War. God. Yeah. God of War. God of War. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a new God of War. Um, I might get that, and then um. Uh, Xbox One I got like day one I was in line yeah I waited a little bit not that I was in a hurry I was just bored and I wanted to do something (laughs) I was like I'm gonna go buy this thing regardless so you know I might as well go get it Um, yeah I just it was one of those things where I bought uh, the Xbox and then we went to Best Buy and I'm like well that is a pretty good deal for a Playstation 4 and a game and it was like it was one of those things just like last week when I talked about buying this goddamn new computer that I love but it's like you if you go in with the mindset of like ah you know, I'm not going to buy something, but I might. And you go and you just you walk out with it. It's it's that stupid kitten mentality of like, oh, I'm not one a kitten. I got three kittens. You know, so right. that's what happened that day. I just day. want to go in and take a look at the pet store. Yep, Can I and got then, a puppy. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that happens to me every once in a while. <laughs> so so now that's why I'm, I quit going to Home Depot. <laughs> I think I say stop going to the pound. I'm like, I, uh, no, Home no. Depot is my new my new terrible vice. I hate that place and love it at the same time. <laughs> is it because of the home owning aspect now? Yeah. Or is it just that seems like such a grown up thing to say that every time I go to Home Depot, I just buy something. Oh my god, dude! I want everything when I walk in there. <laughs> <laughs> like. 
Oh, see, I still talk myself out of going to GameStop. I am I not know. a grown up at all. Uh, I don't like going to GameStop at all. I hate GameStop. Like every time I go in there, like I hope GameStop's listening. Leave me alone. <laughs> like, like if I could like call you guys and have you bring me something instantaneously mm. instead of having to wait for shipping, that would be perfect. Mm. Like if you had like a pizza delivery GameStop, I would love that. I don't want to go in there and listen to like how you play League of Legends and I don't, or I don't want to go in there and ask you to have me reserve Madden or anything like that. Like, yeah, I, I always I do. I mean, I get why they do it because they 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 have to. I worked there. You worked yeah, there. I, yeah, like we get it, but like. <laughs> I still hated doing that when I was there where it's like, hey, I see that, you know, you have no interest in this game, but have you thought about being a PowerPoint Pro uh, PETA Pocket member or whatever it is? It's like you get this free PETA. Yeah. Or like the best one. it's not really a free PETA. My favorite one now is they have that stupid credit card and they're like, oh, you pre-approved. And I'm just like, I am not some stupid 18-year-old who's going to waste a credit card away at video games. Like, why would you now. ask me? Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you had asked me that when I was 18 or 19, I would have been like, hell yeah, I want a GameStop credit card. Yeah. Because I don't know how credit works, <laughs> you know. But now it's like, what's mm. the interest rate on that? Like, 400%? Sure. Let's let's get signed up for that so I can buy this $60 game. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Anyway. A lot of hate going on right now in news. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of, yeah, it's our, it's our hate cast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's just jump on to the last part of news. Uh, they announced that they're going to do a Booster Gold movie. And we hate it. Which, <laughs> no, which, no, I'm glad that DC is getting into some of their like more unknown characters. Uh, but the thing is, is they said that, that it's not going to tie into the DC Cinematic Universe, um, which is kind of weird. But I don't know what they plan to do with it. But but it's I, I guess it's not that far of a stretch considering that you've got your your MC, your Marvel Cinematic Universe and then you have like companies like Fox who have properties with X-Men that don't tie into that. So like some people have compared it to like Booster Gold. They're them doing a Booster Gold movie like Deadpool. Because um, both of those characters, like like Booster Gold's kind of like a very like showboating kind of well, He's like, from the future, but he yeah. got tech from the future that he comes back to now. So he looks like a superhero. Yeah, he basically comes back. He's a good Kang the Conqueror. So he comes back um, in time, and he, he always knows what happens. So he goes there, and he just basically kind of saves the day. Kind of a reverse Incredibles syndrome effect where it's like, yes, I know it's going to happen, so I'll make myself look good. So yeah. he's always kind of like very kind of cocky and you know showboating. Uh but they're gonna do a they're gonna do a standalone movie um, about him, which which could be cool because he's got a lot of cool gadgets. Um, and then like uh, it's not gonna tie into the rest of your Justice League stuff. So which I just find funny because the guy who's producing it um, is the guy who's like the the behind the the Arrow CW show. Yeah, in which like all the CW shows are interconnected and they support one another. And he's like, yeah, this is a standalone movie. I don't know if it's because he has a vision for this that's unique that doesn't need to be tied to everything or he's just like well fine you know they don't want this to be they don't want our shows to be tied to the movies well i'm making a movie that's not tied to their movies how about yeah. that uh, just that i don't think that's really a decision making i'm sure that like right. there's probably a grown-up decision being made there not my petty childlike decision making when it comes to making a movie but um actually at this point in time getting that thing as far away from the the D- dc cinematic universe is probably a good move I'd like to see what happens. Oh, is Warner Brothers still handling it? I, well, I mean, they they own it. They own the property, right? So I think <laughs> yeah. if, if Berlani, Greg Berlani is the one that's producing it, that's all under Warner Brothers in one fashion or another. So yeah. well, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to seeing how it comes out and pans out because um, I'd like to see DC do more stuff because obviously Suicide Squad did great. 
um, people are still going to see it. Yeah, um, and, and you don't have to have every. You could say that this is that Booster Gold exists in the the DC Cinematic Universe. You don't have to have like you could actually you could have just like they did in Suicide Squad, where you have news footage about something unrelated that actually like you know the death of Superman or something. Like you could just say, hey, he's part of this whole thing, but we're not having to have him actively like interact with Cyborg or Batman or you know um, Call Drago or whoever. You know, like yeah. you don't have to have that happen. You know, like you could just. I don't know. Like you can make that just be a thing, and it's okay. You do you know? like the Do you like the irony that Call Drago wouldn't cross the sea because of the water? But he's playing Aquaman now. Aquaman. Yeah, I like. I would love the idea that in, in, in the trailer that they showed clearly is on land, but that he just doesn't want to be on land now. He's just like, no, I don't want land sickness, and he just gets like yeah. angry about it. That would know? be really funny if like now they do something where like you know like he can't stand right on land, <laughs> like, like, like how he just kind of wobbles. He's like, he's, I just don't know how to walk. Um, <laughs> Anyway, and then so, have yeah. him have a conversation with himself about how he hates the other element. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So yeah, more DC stuff coming down the line. Uh, another movie. Hopefully, it'll be good. It could be the Aqua, the Aquaman. <laughs> it could be. It could be the no, Aquaman. no, no. I was gonna say it could be the Ant Man that that we that we're expecting from DC. So who knows? Yeah. And so anyway, best. We're hoping for the best. How about yeah. that? Crossing our fingers, hoping for the best. And but and, now we're gonna talk about some some other movies that. Yeah, just hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> and now for our feature presentation. That was the worst segue ever. <laughs> now we're going to talk about. Let's hey, just, now we're going to talk about. And now movies. Movies. So yeah, this uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, Paul and I got together. Labor Day weekend. We were just Memorial speak- Day. Oh yeah. yeah well, we might have done this back in May. We might have. Yeah. You never know. That's true. Um. Yeah. Whoops. Um. <laughs> uh, so this Labor Day weekend, we got together and we decided uh, to not really John Carpenter it up, but go back and go back and watch a couple of movies that people decided to remake of John Carpenter's. And well, this will tie into the Nacho Hat. But yeah. uh, so we watched the thing that came out in 2011, which was the prequel to John Carpenter's thing, which was a remake of another movie. And then we watched Rob Zombie's version of Halloween that came out in 2007 which was a remake of John Carpenter's Halloween, which came out in the 70s. Yeah, so the genesis of this is that uh, I, and this is a topic that I always want to get onto the show somehow, and we always kind of just kicked it down the road, which is um, like experiencing things that either, A, you you weren't sure that you'd like to start, so you've always kind of put them off at arm's length, or things that you struggled with the first time around and you want to give them another chance. I had not seen either of these films for good for me. I felt it was good reason. One, um, like I love John Carpenter. And we're going to talk about that more here in a second. It's just that I I'm, I'm not that I'm saying that you can't touch movies and remake them because clearly you can. And people have improved upon some movies sometimes. Right. The thing is a good example of that because it's a remake and I, and I love that movie. You know, um, it's just I, I wonder sometimes if if a remake is necessary, because what are you bringing to the table that that will justify ma- remaking it again. That's that's the, right. that's my only hesitation. Like, like um, we, we uh, talked about Ghostbusters recently, and I don't want to go off on that whole tangent, but I feel like when we heard about their approach, it's like, that is different. That That is something different they're bringing to the table. It isn't just a straight-up remake. And I thought, you know, we'll give it a chance, and I liked it. Um, Rob Zombie's Halloween, uh, you can definitely tell that uh, he wanted to go with more of making, like, Michael Myers, like, 
seeing how where he came from, how he grew up as a kid. Yeah. And then that's like the first half of the movie. And then the second half of the movie is just pretty much original Halloween. Other just, you know, it just jams the Halloween movie into 45 minutes versus like the whole hour and a half it was the first time around. Right. And I um, think I think we talked about this when we watched it, like the original Halloween, like the fact that that 45 minutes was the whole original movie. It stretched that tension out longer. Like, I feel like because you didn't have, you know, we, you know, we talked about this when we watched this, because you didn't have that backstory built up and that explanation of like, oh, Michael's a, a product of himself and his environment, you know, versus just, you know, when the Halloween came out, they're like, the kid just ain't right. Yeah. Like, you know, it, you didn't have to see like, you know, his his mom and his his mom's boyfriend being a real jerk and like his sister and like him getting bullied in school, you know, to see like this product of the environment. Um, like I kind of like I really hated that part about the movie. Um, like I liked I like a lot of movies where it leaves a lot of stuff to your imagination, but still tells you a story because it lets like really good movies and really good storytelling, I think, give you a good fill in the blank like story where it gives you enough that you could like read a fill in the blank and then go, Oh, that sounds cool. But if I put this, this and this here, it makes my story experience better. Or if the story by itself is strong enough that it doesn't need to have to show you everything. Like it's like, it's like just based upon this alone, you're getting more than enough. And whatever other questions you have, that just makes you really question. Cause like the whole thing about Michael Myers is that he doesn't talk. Like, so you never really knew what his motivation was other than he just liked killing people, you know, you don't even know if he liked it. He just, it's just, it's almost like, you know, it's like he took like, um, one of those, uh, ASVAB tests in high school and was like, Oh, let me run a little marker here. You're really either good at like woodwork or just killing people. And he's like, I guess I'm just going to go kill people. That's my career choice. I'm just going to go wear this jumpsuit and I guess I'm just going to go kill people. But that's the Um, remake. I mean, don't, don't get us wrong. We do like the original Halloween a lot. Um, but we watch that, we watch the thing. Um, and the thing, the thing was a lot better. Um, I had seen it originally when it came out in 2011. Um, and yeah, I hadn't because I was so I was worried. Right. And we're both big fans of the thing. It's It's got to be one of my favorite horror movies. Um, I like it. I feel that it, it does a good job of trying to stay true to a lot of like continuity with the original movie. Um, but at the same time, I feel like they they didn't get as much tension out of it as they could have with the like how the original 1982 movie was. So... <clears throat> Yeah, so I thought it was interesting in the sense that we like I had not seen either one of these. They're both tied closely to to either um, films I love or a director that I enjoy a great deal. But I thought it would just be just interesting to kind of see someone else's vision on two properties that I enjoy a great deal. Yeah, and and one was you know a remake and one was a prequel, which for all intents and purposes is called a remake because it's pretty much like you had you know people not trusting each other you had standoffs you had like oh we don't know what's going on it's it's it was pretty much a remake it like, was it, it, but like they did a, I thought they did a great job of making it a remake prequel where it it wasn't like this is the same movie and we have you know and we we basically switched out Mary Elizabeth Winstead for Kurt Russell and like they did it intelligently enough where it was just like this was also happening this is but this is like the same story i guess yeah. you could say i don't know but i i like the the remake of the 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 carpenter thing um but that basically kind of like kind of like shot us into like you know like what what do we love about john carpenter there's a ton of john Car- john carpenter movies we love 
But then, like I told Paul, I'm like, you got to remember, there's another side of that coin where he made some stuff where it's just like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> so, it, so yeah, that like, um, and so it's, it's interesting to me that you had the guys that made the thing prequel, which I was reading the trivia on this. They didn't know what else to to call the new one other than the thing because any other name they came up with sounded really stupid, like the thing the beginning like it doesn't none of it really goes like how do you you know the was like what do you what do you call the that was, movie the yeah thang. yeah the thang um and they they love the original so much that whenever they approach the studio to make this movie they're like why don't you just remake it they're like we're not wanting to remake this movie we we wanted to tell the story before and so it's like they were clearly inspired by this movie they grew up with it just like me like i um even though some of the practical effects are just a little they, they, they're they a little shaggy now but that's like 30 plus years later it's the, still the moment in that they're movie still where terrifying oh my disturbing goodness to watch. like the whole bit with the doctor doing the cpr like the, 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 yeah. the crash paddles on the guy's chest and then whenever the the guy's head falls off the table and becomes a spider and crawls away yeah that is all still messed up it's, and it's hard still, it's hard to watch and it's yeah. harder to watch that than it is to watch like the cg stuff like i think the weirdest thing in the new one was the cg was when they're when the one dude when they were like melding faces together that was kind of like oh yeah but like you know some of it wasn't as bad as like like when his arms came off and they turned into the little spider creatures mm-hmm that's not as bad as watching that head decapitate. And no, it wasn't grow, as yeah. bad, but uh, like it was a good, like, all right, we're coming back to the break room. Something's going to happen, and, and that's not what I expected to happen. So credit to the, the new one that that caught me off guard. You know, like so that was that was a good moment of like, oh, that's disgusting. yeah, because it kind of you know? does just like they're carrying the guy, and then he just kind of slumps, and you don't know why, but then you see the you realize what happened. Arm separated, and you're like, oh, oh, everything's about to happen. <laughs> like you're yeah. just like, uh oh. Yeah, so. so credit to that. But so they, these guys obviously hold the original in high esteem. They love it. And then they got Rob Zombie, who who has made a career off of like celebrating like the dark and like, you know, horror movies and, and all this. His his band name's named after a horror movie, you know, for goodness sake, which, yeah. uh, you know, White Zombie. And, and, and it's like he's a huge horror. I remember an yeah. episode of Cribs where they went. You remember when they used to do Cribs? Yeah. The celebrity they, houses. They actually had him on there. He was on there. And like he has like this vault, like this this room, like probably probably about the size of your living room of just like laser discs, DVDs, VHS, Betamaxes of just horror movies, like eight millimeter film. Like wow. he, he collected everything he probably could. And it was just kind of like impressive to see like the movie posters he had, the, the movies like stuff. He's like, they don't make this on VHS. They don't make this on DVD. Like not only has yeah. he made his, um, you know, his, his money, from celebrating, it's like you could tell that he's a big fan. He's a huge yeah. horror fan, and like, and he's super intelligent too. Like, if you ever listen to him talk, he knows not just horror stuff, but like, he is really articulate. Mm-hmm. Um, which, he's a cool dude. I think he's a cool dude. I know a lot of people breaks don't my give heart a lot about that movie. Yeah, yeah. Like his his movies. Like, I, I don't. What did he just direct? He, well, he did the Halloweens, and then he did like well, House of a Thousand Corpses. House Devil's of a Thousand Rejects. Corpses first. The Devil's Rejects. The Halloween movies. Um, Oh shoot! There's that new one, thirty one, that's come out that he did. Oh, I didn't know that. And then, um, shoot, there's the other one that's going to bug me. That, that, that it was the one before this is like two years old now, uh, and it's about Satanists and music back playing music backwards and stuff. I don't know, but anyway, mm. like it, it sounded like one I kind of wanted to see because it sounded like an original idea of his as opposed to doing a remake. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's done a number of movies, you know, and it's like. And so, but he was inspired by Carpenter, right? So it's like, even though I don't think that the new Halloween's successful, and I got some division over this in Facebook because I posted this my first time watching it, and our friend Steve of the Science Slasher 
likes the Halloween remake. He likes it a great deal, actually. He actually defends it because of <clears throat> Zombie's vision to try to make it different, which I respect that. I just feel like... Well, I will say this. He did make it his own. Yeah, the first half. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, the second half is just so like, all right, I guess he's just going to go tear up this house and be angry. He's like the angriest tool, Tim the Toolman Taylor, just running around this house tearing it apart. Angry, you know? angry handyman. The angry handyman. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, and just yeah. smashing the ceiling, you know? Um, and so, the, I, so they, it comes down to... Uh, you have the Thing prequel, which is almost like they hold up the Thing so high in esteem that that they don't want to leave their fingerprints on it. Pretty much, like they yeah. almost make they almost make it clean, like clean as in like like you you can't see any style other than we love John Carpenter and this movie feels like that. And then you got Rob Zombie, where he's like, I love John Carpenter, but I want to put my hands all over this. Mm-hmm. So where is like what is it about Carpenter that you have both that reverence and then also that that daring do? You know? Um. I don't know, and it, it and it's it's interesting because those two movies are, are I never really looked at it like that. They're they're also two two sides of, of a coin of a carpenter coin, because um, uh, you're right. Yeah, they did kind of want to do their own thing with the thing, and then zombie wanted or no, they. Uh, do you find it kind of ironic that the movie The Thing is about an organism that takes what's around it and and tries to copy it and make it itself, and the prequel tries to copy the original, but not quite. Do you find the irony in that? I do, yeah. And like you could spot the fake from like a little ways away and you just want to take a flamethrower to it. Not Joe, I don't want to do that. But I just thought that's kind of kind of I don't want to say it's ironic. I guess it is ironic where it's like we tried to 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 get close to the original, but our copy's not quite good enough. Yeah. And now Kurt Russell's going to attack us while wearing a cool hat, you know. <laughs> anyway. So, but like the rest of John Carpenter's movies, um, you know, we we've talked about Big Trouble in Little China before. Um, that's like one of like probably one of my favorite John Carpenter movies, and it's very it's very simple like for a, for a story. Um, but like, there, there's the, a lot of world building, but uh, Kurt Russell's character just kind of wanders in and out of it. And you know? the characters are so larger than life in that movie. Yeah, like, I love it. Um, you know, uh, and then then that's another one that they're supposed to talk about remaking. Like um, uh, The Rock is going to play Kurt Russell's character supposedly. Yeah, which I don't know. I mean. I, fine. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm until like, I mean, we've gotten old enough where it's like, judge it on its own merits. And that was, I guess that makes me a hypocrite because coming in, I didn't, I, I had a feeling I wasn't going to like this new Halloween version, but I tried. But when the first 20 minutes is just swear word after swear word after swear word, and I don't feel like we're getting any story. I kind of started checking out at that point. And then it's just like, after a while, I was like, I, my goodwill towards it kind of went away. So I'm trying to still hold up this, this idea of remaking big trouble and keeping, you know, the, the pork chop express and all that. I don't know, but yeah. uh, you know, I, it, it, it could be good. It could, it could be great actually. Um, I just hope they keep the spirit of adventure because there's a weird, like there's this whole world going on around us that we don't even see. Yeah. And like he stumbles into it. He pulls his truck literally into a gang fight like an Asian gang fight with with Mortal Kombat, with yeah. ninjas, yeah, like, and, 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 and then three Ravens show. Up. I think I think that was like the turning point for me when I saw that movie was like when they pull in and like everybody ignores the truck. They're just like <laughs> nobody is just like, hey, you get out of here. It's like we're just gonna have this 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 uh, Chinese gang fight, yeah. And then like like literally the guys from Mortal Kombat come down, and I say that because like I know a majority of the characters from Mortal Kombat were influenced by Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, you know, you've got Raiden, you've got um, Shang Tsung is basically low pan. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of like, you know, that's where it just takes that crazy mystical turn 
Yeah. And then like they just keep digging deeper into like what's going on and like trying to stop Lopan and it's just like I I I like it that I think it would be cool if they did like a thing type touch to it where it's like instead of a remake they go back and they visit and like Lopan's trying to come back again. Like I think that would be kind of cooler rather than yeah, having like, like the stupid name like more trouble in Little China or bigger trouble bigger trouble in Little, Little China. China. Why? Not? Yeah, that's such an eighty sequel name. Right? It is a bit that yeah. is totally an eighty sequel yeah. name. But like, um, but yeah, like do bigger trouble in Little China. You, you Don't have Jack Burton still out there driving around talking on his his walkie talkie and no one listening to him. Yeah. I, I would be all about that, actually. You know, like, oh, my goodness. So, like... And James Hong is still around. He could play old Lopan, like, now, because he is that age. Yeah, he's that <laughs> age. They don't have to They don't have to do him up or anything like that, yeah. like they did when he was in the wheelchair. Um, so, like, you know, and then, like, I think probably... I don't want to say his most iconic, but ones that probably most people remember, other than Big Trouble in Little China, is probably Escape from New York. Um, Which, so, it's funny that you say that, and I don't mean to derail you here. So, Escape from New York was Carpenter's idea remaking the thing was his idea uh big trouble in little china wasn't his it was handed to him and he kind of he he put his own spin on it and it's like and if you watch that you wouldn't even think that that wasn't his original idea for a story based upon how everything else around that time he put out was weird and that is like one of the like the craziest ideas that he had like it wasn't even his idea he just by the time he got it he was like well i want to do this with it and they're like sure and that was kind of his uh you know, at the time, the thing, the movie, the thing had collapsed financially. So he was kind of just like trying to find work, yeah. you know, and that's, uh, yeah. Well, like, like it, he had a lot of ups and downs, you know, he had like, you know, escape from New York, the thing, Halloween, big trouble in little China was, was not like a huge hit, but I think it picked up a cult following later. Yeah. And like speaking of cult followings, like they live <laughs> pretty much was nothing but cult following. Like that movie came out and it was just like crickets. And then, yeah. like, they tried to boost it up with Roddy Roddy Piper in it. And then down the road, it turns into, like, this huge movie where just everybody loves quoting it. And they love uh, uh, the fight scene between him and Keith David. Um, like, there's an episode of South Park where they try to mimic the whole fight scene. And it runs the same length of time. Yeah, they Which, showed yeah. they showed him side by side. Like, if yeah. anybody out there is a big South Park fan, it's the one where um, Jimmy and Timmy have a fight, a cripple fight. When Cartman's like, cripple fight. Yeah. <laughs> and the fight that they have, if you watch it, they try to choreograph it to the fight of that Keith David and um, Roddy Roddy Piper have in the, in, the, in the alleyway when he tries to make them see the aliens. And that's a brutal fight. Like, I went back and watched it, and it's, like, it's probably one of the most, I don't want to say unchoreographed, but it's probably one of the most realistic fights that someone would probably be in where you're just trying to survive and take cheap shots because there's a lot of groin hits. There's a lot of kidney punches. Like, it's just, like, people laying their weight into their backs, like, like oh. And the fight was only supposed to be, like, a minute or two long. Yeah. And so, but what happened was Keith David and Roddy Piper start talking to each other. It's like, well, what if we do this and this? And with Piper, with his professional wrestling yeah. background, was like, I have some ideas. And then when they pitched it to Carpenter, he's like, sure, we'll film it. <laughs> And it was like, so it was kind of like one of those things that was not intended, but he's like, why not? Like, we got this guy who's known for this. We got Keith David who was game for this. Let's just do it. Because uh, um, They Live and Prince of Darkness were made outside the studio system. And, and so we're jumping around time a little bit here. So the thing was was big money, didn't do well in the theaters, came out the same summer as E.T., I think. And then, so everybody loved, right. everyone loved Friendly Aliens. No one loved that alien. Yeah, that wasn't like, the thing. what? No, so this the, guy just wants candy. Yeah, and so the movie bombed financially. Big Trouble in Little China didn't do so hot. 
uh, John Carpenter then went on to do Christine, which was another one of those gun for hire projects that he still made it his own. Like that movie still has his fingerprints all over it in terms Christine. of like, his, yeah, like the music choices and some of those shots are just so cool. Um, and that movie did okay, but it didn't do great. So he kind of got disenfranchised with the studio system and felt like they kind of like left him flat. So he went off and got independent financing for They Live and Prince of Darkness. And you can tell because those movies have great ideas, but they're not great, you know. And I, but I, I can still watch them. Yeah, like, they well, live like. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I can watch they live. There's parts where they live gets a little slow. Yeah, but it's it's pretty good. And then the message behind it is is very. I think it, I don't want to say it's it's pretty ahead of its time. It well because it like, spoke to consumerism and commercialism. Yeah, and uh, placating the masses. And how those that have influence are doing it without you knowing it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that like 80s paranoia of like the man and money and greed. But I don't think that was as big in like 88. It, it wasn't. But I mean, you're coming off the tail end of like the Reagan era. So there's there's some distrust starting to sow there with like corporate America taking over. And of yeah. course, Carpenter wants to speak about corporate America at that time because he felt like he got screwed over by them. Yeah. So that's where the whole like that guy, I forget the name of the artist, but does the obey stuff. He got that from that movie. Oh, yeah. That's totally yeah. where it's from. Yeah. And he, he has Andre the Giant's face. That's what that's also that the face that you see in the Obey stickers. That's oh. Andre the Giant. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There you go. So you're wrestler, wrestler and carpenter again. So random knowledge, people. So, I mean, it, it's just it's interesting because it's like Carpenter still went on to do movies and he had some other. And I forgot about Starman. Starman was good. It didn't do well. The theaters, but I love Starman. Uh, but there was like this whole wave like in the middle there where he did some really good and interesting work. And then when the money kind of went away, it's like he he started off with no money and did well with like Halloween and then he got some money and didn't have success. And then when he had no money later, he didn't have a lot of success either. So I don't know what happened. Something happened along the way where he's well, he's had like it's like I think he started to really decline in like the 90s. Like, I don't think he really had a big hit in the 90s Like because he did he did um, Escape from L.A., which was a sequel to Escape from New York, which uh, I, I tried watching that like somewhat recently. And I couldn't finish it. I felt really bad that I, it's like I couldn't finish it. It's yeah. I don't know why it doesn't hold up as good as New York does. It has Steve Buscemi in it, but it's still terrible. Yeah, like Steve yeah. Buscemi is basically Ernest Borgnine <laughs> from uh, from New York. And then um, you know you've got uh, Ghosts of Mars, which that came out in two thousand one. But I feel like John Carpenter was basically like, I really love Doom. Like, what if like some people are on Mars and then like demons and ghosts pop out? And then I'm like. That sounds like Doom. He's a big gamer, though. I know he's a big gamer. Yeah. I know he loves Call of Duty. Um, and um, he also con- uh, contributed to the Fear uh, series from Fear. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, um, but but he's still, he still stuck around Halloween, the franchises of Halloween. You know, he worked on those. Um, well, the other one, too, that I think was his last bigger, bigger one that people took seriously was In the Mouth of Madness with Sam Neill. And that is like kind of his like um, I never saw take that, on it, but it I, has some good moments. But it's just like at the end, you're just like, what just happened? Yeah. And then I, vampires also was all kind of like with like there James were a Woods. lot of there were a lot of cool concepts, and that movie reminded me. I think that came out around the same probably five year period that like Ronan came out with with De Niro. Okay. And I was just I remember watching him like the hell is with james woods and robert de niro trying to be badasses in action movies right now like it just i just wasn't buying into it because <laughs> they were at that point in their career where they need to stop doing that but yeah they're trying to still reclaim that glory a little right. bit they yeah. couldn't maybe like 10 years ago they could have pulled it off but i was just like i wasn't buying into it but so, it, vampires had some some interesting concepts and like some of the 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 
the violence in vampires was interesting with the the super master vampire taking people out but overall i didn't like vampires so then okay so what what makes a john carpenter movie a john carpenter movie well the synth music like we we talked about (laughs) yes um i think uh i think you have to have like I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't want to say grittiness or edginess. No, there's or, always a negative outlook to the world. Like there's always like you have, uh, except for Big Trouble, which even though Jack Burton is like very opp- opportunistic, he's actually not important to the story whatsoever, other than the fact that he happened to be there. Yeah, because he doesn't affect the outcome whatsoever. It's probably anything. the best wrong or wrong place, wrong time story yeah. ever. Um, but generally, a lot of his movies have a sense of pessimism to them like you know people stuck in a bad spot and it's only gonna get worse yeah you know and so like you're already fighting against one thing and then you find out it's a much bigger problem and how do you get out of that you know and i like, think like he does a good job of unveiling the problem like it, you like even with the thing or even big trouble in little china like it like it starts out with a gang fight and then before you know it it's like you've got like an ancient chinese sorcerer that's trying to like marry two women to like become immortal and like he can like summon like these these beholders with like eyeballs and stuff to like spy on people and it's like where did this come from from like two guys just having going to the airport to pick up somebody at the airport and that turns out to be a kidnapping yeah Yeah. and it turns out to be a kidnapping yeah it's like it the escalation like it it, i guess the best way to say it is like you get on you get on a good ride with john carpenter like you don't know what you're in for usually in the beginning but by the time you're done you're really happy you went on that ride like, yeah, because like a lot of his movies are like even like like the New Yorks and the L.A.s, the escapes, the escape movies, like getting into New York, like, you know, what's going on with Snake? Like Snake is just like probably the most iconic lone wolf uh, hero of the 80s. I mean, ask Hideo Kojima about that. Right? Yeah, because, right. I mean, pretty much he yeah. was inspired by not only was he, was he inspired by that, like a, a lot of his ideas for villains also come from like just all that weirdness of the well, 80s. You know, well, even like, in even in Metal Gear Solid 2, there's a part where because in Metal Gear Solid 2, they trick you to buy the game <laughs> thinking that you're <laughs> going to get to play Snake again and you play Raiden all the way through. But anyway. I was so mad when I was like in line at midnight to get Metal Gear Solid 2. I was like, I can't wait to get Metal Gear. And then I'm like playing it and I'm like, like, you're not Snake. Why am I a Snake? Yeah. But Snake shows up in Metal Gear 2, but he introduces himself as Iroquois Pliskin. Like (laughs) they use the name Pliskin. And I was just like, yep, that was definitely a a nod to uh, John Carpenter there. Because I mean, honestly, like there's not really a difference between the two snakes in my opinion. No. I mean, just, you know, then yeah. now one of them has a much more convoluted backstory, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, Escape from New York, I still think holds up in terms of concept. Um, it's actually going to, it actually falls in the same bucket as one of the movies we're going to pull out of the nacho hat later, um, that I'll, I'll leave. Uh, yeah. I won't mention until we get there where it's like, it's a really great idea. The vision's there. I don't know if the execution holds up as much anymore, but I can watch Escape from New York over and over again. I don't care. I will go back to the, that magical future year of 1996 when the, you know, Manhattan becomes a prison colony. And it's like, I will watch that movie. I will watch Ernest Borgnine throw Molotov cocktails and just laugh. Like, and it's so it's, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, But there's still no hope there because snake is put in a position that he's a bad guy. He does bad things, but he's been given the choice of you. You can die or you can actually save the president. And he does. He has no choice. So he. It's like he, and, he, it is the original Suicide Squad. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like, and we recently talked about how that's basically what Suicide Squad was. Yeah, was kind of based around. Um, but 
So I, I don't know. It's just so um, I, and I feel like we haven't even really touched on like like the themes that you see a lot of his stuff. Like he there is a lot of post-apocalyptic or a lot of into the world ideas that go on in his films. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's just but also like uh, it, it, you picked his music. Um, he, he, the way he shoots is very straight ahead, meaning that you mentioned how the reveal of all the craziness builds up slowly but it's because his 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 film work always looks like it's grounded in a reality from the start it looks like just any other day and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose yeah and it's it's not he is he has a style but it's not like heavily stylistic if you go back and say well that's a spielberg movie that's a that movie right like you I, I could tell a carpenter film just by pacing and music you know but like i wouldn't be able to tell you normally just by an individual shot right but i could by spielberg you know, so very workmanlike. So I, I think there's something about the blue collar nature of him just being like, I'm just going to do cool stuff and hopefully people will like it. That's very like approachable, yeah. you know, and if anybody ever gets a chance, listen to the commentary track for the director's commentary for the thing. And it's just him and Kurt Russell. And it's one of the funniest things ever because just you could hear the amount of smoking going on from just from from John Carpenter smoking cigarette after cigarette and him and just him and Kurt Russell's making fun of the hat, making fun of everything and just having a blast talking about that movie. That's that's always the best commentaries is when the people like like to joke about like what they were doing on set and things. And I've had I, I haven't listened to commentaries and movies in a while, but there's some good ones I've listened to out there. I can't remember. Well, and did you notice like in this? I mean, and we've gone on for this a little bit, and I I could almost do an entire talk about the thing because I love the movie so much. And I could when I was watching the prequel one with Joe, I was calling out things first time watching it through, saying, "Well, that's why they're doing that because it has to happen like that right. because of what happens in the movie." And it's like it was fun. But it also kind of took away some of some of not the magic because I mean it's a movie, right? They, they kind of Darth Vadered it a, a little bit, but it's like I'm going to watch the original thing and be like, I already knew that something bad happened in the Norwegian base. I don't need a play for play reenactment, which is what that movie is. It doesn't take away from the thing. Well, I kind of think that ties into like what I was saying about how like you let your imagination fill it in, like what happened there, and then like when it's told to you, it kind of changes it a little bit. So I could see how that takes that specialness out of it a little bit. But I mean, like just because I happen to know how a guy ends up sitting in a chair slashing his own wrists and throat because he there's no way out what what they should have done is they should have they should have had it stand up completely alone and then at the end of the movie the thing goes to the norwegian base maybe but that still that still has the the prequel problem though right like no matter what it's like there's always like well you know what happened there because then the guys find it you know it's just i don't know like i was telling telling joe's we're watching that one um if it doesn't end with them chasing a dog across a snowfield with a guy in a helicopter taking pot shots at it, then then they didn't do their job. But if it ends with them chasing a dog across a snowfield with them taking pot shots at it, then what was the point? And I felt it was really tough for me to to see the inherent value of telling me that story before because it's still going to end up with the crazy Norwegians taking shots at a dog. Yeah, you know. And so I tried finding. Um, enjoyment in the fact that there's actually females in this cast because in the, in the original sorry in the remake the thing john carpenter's the thing there's no females whatsoever there wasn't even females on the production crew it was just a male shoot and it wasn't by it just kind of happened that way so you could tell like there's not a lot of posturing it's just guys talking to each other mm-hmm. um and so this one was different having a female lead so that was that was interesting and then you actually see the inside of the ufo which was kind of interesting um and so like i was trying to take away some different information from it but it still felt like, like I was telling Joe when we finished watching the movie, it felt really weird to me. It felt like a bunch of people came in, saw a murder scene, took a bunch of photos, and was like, all right, 
we got to recreate this exactly as we saw like it. CSI did. But how do how, yeah, like it, that should have been yeah. called thing CSI because it's just like <laughs> that axe is in the wall. How to get there? Now we know why. Right. Like uh, like but, everything. But you know what? Like it shows that they love the original. Right. And, and they hold and, it but, up. But think about how many people don't do that when they do movies like this and remakes where they do prequels or they do things like this. It's like we don't follow continuity. It's like, you know, how did this happen? How did this get here? You know? Yeah, I mean that's that's true. I just I mean it's it's a double-edged sword that like you you're never going to please me because I already know how it ends, but you're never going to please me because I want to know something different. You know, so but anyway, that's 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 another topic for another day. I'm glad I watched both those movies. It's like I I appreciate the thing prequel more now cuz I thought it was just going to be just bad, but it wasn't bad. Um it was okay. It had some good moments, but it was okay. I'm glad I finally watched Rob Zombie's Halloween just so I could just get a zombie movie off my plate because I have friends who are big zombie fans and I keep telling them I'll watch their movies, but like I've been, it's hard. It's wrong of me to judge um, a filmmaker without seeing a lot of their films, I guess. But I just kind of had this notion. I'm like, I'm not going to like this. And so I needed, it need, I needed to watch it. So anyway, um, my love of Carpenter spread out to those things. Joe likes Carpenter. What's your favorite Carpenter movie? You said the thing. I I think it's a good close. Like like Big Trouble's really close, but like it is the thing. The thing was probably the first John Carpenter movie that I saw that I was blown away by. Um, like I like I've seen other movies before that, but like like that's one of those movies where I'm just kind of always like I think it holds up and it's it's you know a lot of stuff and like. Regardless of the time period, I remember one time like I got together years ago with a couple of my buddies and we were like, let's do movie night like once a month. And like one night uh, we were like, let's watch the thing. And my one buddy was like, no, no, I'm not going to watch the thing. He's like, that movie was made back in like 82. I won't watch anything before, you know, (laughs) special effects. I'm like, are you kidding me? Those special effects are still decent. Like, it's just it's not the effects. You're not watching a, a, a monster movie. It's like it's more of that tension and just like, you know like stuff happening it just kind of like chills you to the bone yeah still get you same thing with evil dead like i remember talking to somebody about evil dead and and uh like they were like oh isn't that movie old i'm like yeah but it's still pretty gruesome i'm like yeah and then somebody didn't believe me and i was like i can't remember who i told him i was like remember the pencil scene and they were like oh and i'm like yeah i'm like that movie's pretty old but that still makes you kind of chill when you see that pencil go on that guy's ankle or that lady's ankle yeah no, you're right. Um, like, uh, so yeah, like um, I, I, I think you know, I love the thing. I love Big Trouble, and it just occurs to me like both those have Kurt Russell, and one one movie has next to no jokes in it whatsoever, and it's so straight. And then you got Big Trouble, which the comedy that it holds up really well still. Just like the whole bit where he takes the gun and shoots it above his head and knocks himself out for most of the fight. Yeah, is still really funny. That's like a great. I, I feel like that's an Indiana Jones joke. Because that was right around that time yeah. when, you know, Indy took his gun out and shot the guy with the sword. Yeah. But that sounds like something. Because I feel like Jack Burton was Indiana Jones in his own way, but he wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's that type of character, but he's not as heroic and as exciting as Indiana Jones. He's just kind of there. But he's the hero of the story. Other than the, the, him throwing the knife at the end, he does nothing. Yeah, like, and just like he's there, and his one buddy does everything, and it's yep. always yeah. yeah. I, lo- I love that about the movie too. Is he's technically not he's technically it's it's almost like a Green Hornet thing. Like like Kato is like <laughs> completely like unstoppable and like kung fu fighting, and then it's just kind of like the Green Hornets there. Yeah. So um, 
please let us know what your what your guys' favorite uh, Carpenter films are or, or most hated Carpenter films. Yeah. We, we didn't even talk about the ones that I that are just stinkers, just because I don't know. Like, there's a lot of other ones that <laughs> yeah. we didn't t- we didn't talk about. Um, was it Assault on Precinct? Uh, well, Precinct 13? Thirteen was well was around the time of Halloween, so we didn't it talk was. about that. It was seventy six. It yeah. came out, and, and then they did a, yeah. and they did a remake of Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah. So, um, but like we like Village of the Damned was also one of his last big high profile movies that. Um, was like the last thing Christopher Reeves did upright. That's a bad, bad thing to say. But anyway, yeah. Did he do stuff what? after? Did he do stuff after that? No, uh, Christopher. You mean Carpenter? No, Christopher Reeves. No, because after that movie, he he had that accident with the yeah, horse. Yeah, I know, but so. he didn't do anything after the horse accident. No, he didn't. No. Like, um, so Village of the Damned, which is unfortunate because it's like you watch that movie, you're like Christopher Reeves. You did not know this would be the last movie you could act completely in, and this is the movie you end up being in. And it's just like it's a, it has some good ideas. But it, it was a remake. It was a remake of Village of the Damned. Yeah, and and so I guess I guess Carpenter rolled the dice too many times remaking films, you know, like and that's that. But th- so there's there's some things he did that aren't that great either. But I just want to celebrate the things that are good, and like go go watch the thing, like the '84 thing or '82. I'm sorry, uh, go watch Christine. Christine, I think holds up. A lot of people don't like that movie. I like that movie a lot. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Starman is more of a love story than it is anything, and it's a good movie, you know. Um, so anyway, there you go. That's my, my carpenter two bits. Go on our Facebook page. It's evasion of the podcast. Let us know your favorite carpenter things or carpenter songs. Like, you know, yeah, he, he, he did music. I was thinking of the carpenters. Oh, you know, I I know he does. He does music. No, he does do music. It's awesome. But, uh, we're also on Twitter. Um, we're currently being chased by the police right now. If you guys can hear that. No, it was a fire truck. A fire truck. Okay. It's because we're so hot. Because uh, yeah, because I'm dying right now. Yeah, it's hot. Uh, here. We're, we're on Twitter at Invading Podcast. Uh, we have a Gmail address. It's invasion. Sorry, Invading Podcast at gmail.com. Please, you know, hit us up there. It'd be great. So now, um, last but not least, Nacho Nacho Man. I want to be a Nacho Man. All right. So the Nacho reach. Hat. You got it. Maybe it's so far away. What'd you put over there? Damn it. <laughs> All right. So All right. we have 12 movies here, uh, 80s and 90s movies, that um, we think uh, would definitely somehow find their way across to Hollywood execs' desk to try to make a buck off of because it was a hit at one point in time. Or maybe it wasn't a hit. Maybe it was a call favorite. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've got them here in the sorting hat, and we're going to pull 12 of these, and then we're going to pull two actors Okay. And we're going to see how the movie turns out, like what we think it would be. So, so I think you have the movie. I have the movies. Okay, so what do so you, you got? You're going to pull two actors? I got two actors. All right. So the movie is Escape from New York. Escape from New York. I have Leslie Jones. Oh, jeez. I like it. By the way, we just found out her birthday is today. She's 49 years old. Happy 49th birthday, Leslie Jones. I had no idea. What's, anyway, her, na- what's yeah. her name on Twitter? Les Dog. Something like that. So we got Leslie Jones and Ben Stiller in our remake of Escape from New York. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I feel like Ben Stiller would end up being like the... um, I think he'd be Snake Plissken. I think that'd be great to get him in that series. No, I could never see Ben Stiller doing a decent action movie. Did you see Tropic Thunder? I did, but that was a comedy. Come on. like He dressed up as as Simple Jack at the end. (laughs) Like, no. I could see Ben Stiller being the cabbie. Or what? Like, what if like you made him like, like um, I don't know, not Duke of New York, but like like one of the like you remember the the creepy uh, 
lackey that was with the Duke that was the one that went up and like uh, told like the police like, hey, we have the president and he gave him like his finger. Yeah. Like the creepy sidekick guy. You could see him being that guy. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I but- feel like that would be too too small of a role for Ben Stiller. Like I'm trying to think budget and like what they would hire people for. Yeah. But like I think I think he would be because Steve Buscemi was the. Because I, I kind of he was the tour guy. In Escape he was from the LA. tour guy, and like like in Escape from LA, I kind of like put him and and Stiller in the same boat if they were going to cast. You know what I mean? But then again, we we're just assuming that they're going to do Escape from, think, re, Escape from New York the same way as they did it before. Right. So, like, what would you if you did Escape from New York now? I would have Leslie Jones be the Duchess in New York. Yes, that would be great. I think that would be awesome. But I'd like to do it now, where now that Times Square got all like you know sterilized. Yeah, I want that to suddenly happen, where you still have the, like the M and M store, and you still have all that, and like gangs have overrun it. So like you just have you could kind of yeah. sneak uh you could kind of sneak Ben Stiller in as that like comic relief sidekick, just like Buscemi was. I think. Yeah. So um, I don't know. But, I, but here's the thing: I'd want I'd want Stephen Colbert to still be in the Ed Sullivan Theater. Still hosting like a Stephen Colbert. What if Colbert he's just show? like hiding out there? What if there's like a Stephen Colbert clan? Yes, like he just stayed there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I think that because there's a point where they wander in. There's someone doing like a Broadway show. Yeah, they're like. I would love to have like Colbert or maybe even Conan O'Brien comes back to New York and he takes back late night. But it's just in the in the prison island that is yeah. New York. Or maybe yeah, maybe he's just kind of held up with like his crew and like they 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 kind of like stay and keep their own. Yeah. All uh, right. So next next movie that gets remade is The Running Man. Oh my goodness! And we have Naomi Watts. That's not bad. And Justin Timberlake. He would be he would be uh, Ben. What was it? Ben Richards. He would be he would be the Running Man. I could see Justin Timberlake doing The Running Man. Yeah, because, I mean, I think the big problem with having Schwarzenegger in that role originally is that no one would ever think that he wouldn't get out of that. Right. You're like, this guy, like, and I think Naomi Watts would be, like, one of the stalkers. Yeah, or even have her be the host of the show. Yeah, she could like, play, yeah, she could play kind of like Kind of do, like, um, I don't like, know. Um, what was the guy's name? Killian? Yeah, uh, Kilgrave. Not Kilgrave. No, not Kilgrave. It was Killian. It was Killian, Killian something, right? Um, but that was uh, what's his name from uh, Richard that, Dawson. Yes, yeah. he was so good in yeah. that movie. But maybe, I mean, you're basically playing a game show host. What did you do for most of your life? You were a game show host. I know, but he did a good job with but it. But a like, twisted game oh. show host, yeah, yeah. And then so okay, so if, if she was maybe the host, but, or who would be your stalkers right now, though? Oh, so I'd have to pick stalkers. I don't know. Okay, like, well, just... okay. So if Naomi Watts is the host, um, okay. stalkers. I mean, you got to get some WWE people in there because they're pretty much like like your your we want to we want to break into Hollywood style like The Rock. Give me Shaquille O'Neal as a stalker. Oh yeah, that would be good. <laughs> Shaq is a stalker. Um, you could do some old stuff. You could do like Kevin Nash. Yeah, Kevin or even Nash give me like the, the the giant now. Like you get him in there. Nah. What about Triple H? He'd be a fun stalker. H would be, but I don't see he's too busy. There's no way he would break into a movie right what, now. What, what about Stone Cold being a stalker? I would love Stone Cold Steve Austin to be a stalker. And it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you get um, Jesse Ventura still coming back as Captain Freedom. That would be amazing. Yes. That would be amazing. But no, like if they get Stone Cold in there, he just plays himself. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. And he just runs people down on a four-wheeler and be it, like, wait, you're not even going to change his name? Be no, like, no, that's kind of a no, stalker name, no. Stone Cold. And you get Zoe Bell in there, too, to be a female stalker. She's the... Oh, yeah, that uh, would be cool. Yeah, that would be like, give me... Because like, I I always would... My, my dream would be to remake American Gladiators, which that was inspired by The Running Man, but to make like an American Gladiators movie 
that's like the Running Man, where people all compete on American Gladiators, but they bring the gladiators out, oh. and like the atmosphere runs over that, people. That could be like, the that could be the twist of the new Running Man. Instead yeah. of it just being the stalkers, you have the gladiators. <laughs> I would I would watch, that and everybody movie. roots for the gladiators to win. Yeah. So and, that, then, uh, and then like all the other former members of Vincent are hunting uh, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> or you get them all reunited as like a band like oh hey guys we're all back together for a special show of what and then, oh shit we're on the running man and then joey fatone gets killed like Just immediately, immediately yeah. like oh <laughs> oh anyway, anyway yeah so all right. so oh uh, i gotta pick out yeah. another movie i just still i I'm, still think that I'm running still, man still holds up pretty well yeah, like i watched it somewhere well, you recently know it, you know it takes place next year right yeah in 2017 um and it was actually ahead of its time and talking about reality tv yeah. like for uh, but that's one I feel like a good remake would be amazing. Yeah. All right. So then we got Usual Suspects. Now here we go. Here Classic we go. Brian Singer movie. Danny Trejo. Oh. And Brendan Fraser. I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know. Brandon Fraser. Brendan Fraser with with limited acting range being in, oh. in Usual Suspects. You'd make him a Benicio del Toro's character where you wouldn't understand anything he was saying. What if who? Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Just give him something that would be completely oddball. Like, what if no, no, no? What if okay? I think Brendan Fraser should be Kaiser Soze <laughs> because, like, if you think about it, the whole time you're watching it and you're like, "Oh my god, Brandon Fraser's in this movie!" Like, who's he playing? Oh, he's just playing this guy that's not Verbal Kent. Blah blah blah. Which obviously, is, yeah. obviously, somebody cast pity casted Brendan Fraser, and then it turns out that Brendan Fraser is the mastermind. That would be a twist. Only if you could have um, because his his Holly Shore and the crew that with the, with the whole the whole thing that goes wrong <laughs> and Sean Austin and Sean Austin and then what's his face the bald one the one that was in Biodome with him oh uh, uh, he was also in Usual Suspects yeah Jesus Christ yeah oh <laughs> sh- uh, Stephen Baldwin Stephen Baldwin yeah oh, I forgot he was wow in Usual Suspects. yeah just bring is it McManus I don't was that remember. McManus that's funny that it's like the one role everyone remembers him for I blanked on but I was like you know Biodome you know like, like oh yeah <laughs> anyway no but yeah you could totally I think Brandon Fraser would be cool as the 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 surprise twist at the end just because his star power alone would catch you off guard because yeah. he's totally just kind of like sunk in Hollywood. And then um, who do we have? Danny Trejo. Yeah, he's easy to fit in as like I don't want to say a no name, but like a like a like one of the usual suspects. Yeah, or that you make him um, Pete Pothwaite's character. Oh, Kobayashi. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. And give him a name like Kobayashi. Uh, you, like you're you, like, why is the Mexican guy's name Kobayashi? Kobayashi. Yeah. yeah. Like why was Pete Pothwaite's name Kobayashi? Yeah. It didn't make sense. All right. Um, I can't believe Steam Ball. I completely forgot he was in that movie. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, uh, the Warriors. Oh, here we go. Warriors. And I got The Rock in The Warriors. That would be amazing. Yeah. It would just be him and a bunch of uh, of his Pacific Islander family. That's all. It would be the Usos <laughs> and um, Roman Reigns. It would be like all third generation yeah. Samoan wrestlers. Yeah. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, oh. man. Oh. So, okay, so honestly, you know, we talked about, like, star power and just having the, the, the thing, but I honestly think if The Rock was Cyrus, because... Having him get bumped at the beginning? Yeah, but, oh. but that line is totally a rock line. Can you, you dig, dig it? it? That's that's exactly like, can you smell? Yeah. Like, I, I just feel on the delivery alone that, I mean, maybe you don't have to off him off. Maybe it's like a prequel where, and I know they did the prequel at the video game with Rockstar. Yeah. But maybe you could totally do like just, you know, Cyrus before he does, can you dig it? 
Um, and then like Tommy Lee Jones would be like a great like detective character that would kind of be like yeah because you never really see the police in that movie yeah because well the whole thing the whole thing is supposed to be set in the near future where gangs have overtaken New yeah. York but you don't really get that vibe other than the big meetup mm-hmm. and then you find out as they cross all the lines where it's like oh crap we're in you know the Turnbull Aces like their area or the orphans or whatever it's like you get those vibes there but it's like for the most part it's like it's pretty quiet in a city that's overrun by gangs yeah like that's a movie that I feel like. If it was remade now and done right, even set it in the seventies, like or eighties, I'm sorry, like go back to that original time when it's supposedly set. I think you could do an awesome movie. Plus, like if if the Rock plays Cyrus, it would make sense why he gets everyone together. Because like, who would really go up against the Rock? Like, wouldn't you lose your mind if Tarantino finally said, "You know what? I'm I'm just going to go and clear clear the table. I'm going to make I'm going to make a Warriors movie." Yeah, if oh. Tarantino made a Warriors movie. Oh, it'd be so good. Like, wouldn't like wouldn't that be amazing? Like, you know, the soundtrack would just like destroy your mind. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. But, so yeah. those are the warriors. But I like the idea that the Usos, everybody else, are running around. <laughs> we could bring them into the Running Man too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Matrix. Uh, all right. Who do we got here? Jennifer Lawrence. That seems about right. She to, definitely you know, could. You know. she, she'll be Neo. It's fine. And then um, Idris Elba, who would be Morpheus. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, God damn it. But yeah. Idris Elba needs to be... He needs to be um, Agent Smith. Agent Smith? Yes. Yeah, I could totally see him being a good Agent Smith. He seems to kind of play... Like, he played uh, he played Shere Khan in The Jungle Book. He's He's got a good evil voice. Oh, my goodness. He would be... Like him, it would be intimidating as all get out. And he'd have, because I think, I mean, honestly, I mean, I know, like, she, like, I, we made this list, I just threw her in there because she's in everything currently. Mm-hmm. I think, no, I think that'd be fine to actually role, role reverse that, not role reverse it, but gender switch, having that be, you know, like, I think that'd work. Yeah. You know, um, I, I would think, be fine with Jennifer Lawrence being a uh, Neo. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but then she wouldn't be like, whoa. Whoa, yeah, whoa. she could. She yeah. could totally deliver some type of Jennifer Lawrence line. Yeah, I mean, so would you still have them hacking into hard lines, or would you think by now they just use Wi-Fi to get in and out of the Matrix? Probably Wi-Fi. Yeah, they'd have like a little Bluetooth headset that they get in and out of. Or maybe they do need the hard lines. Yeah. Maybe there's something specific about it. All right. All right, next movie is, oh. <laughs> no, she's she's old enough now, or young enough, that she doesn't know what a payphone is. Read that um, one. But like she goes to run up to a hard line. Everyone's like, just go to the hard line. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then there's a payphone ringing. She's like, what's that annoying noise? You know, it's like, that would be funny. Anyway, yeah. All right. So next movie, <laughs> Breakfast and parentheses Fight Club. <laughs> Double movie? Double movie? Yeah, yeah, the funny. Breakfast Fight Club? Breakfast I just thought Fight that Club. was funny. It was like, what if we took a mashup of the Breakfast Club? What if, what's his name? But, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, that was the kid that wrote the, or the, the, the essay at the end. What if he was the only one that was in detention that yeah. day? And he had four or five other personalities. Other personalities. And the <laughs> principal kept in just being like more of a dick to him. And you're just like, why? And then you realize <laughs> it's, it's like, like, this dude's like, oh, God, this kid is so weird. He thinks he's this. <laughs> he thinks he's this. It's like... Yeah. And he, he smoked like five times the amount of pot that one person would smoke. All right. Um, all right. So we have Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan in The Breakfast Club. And Jeff Goldblum. I want them in Fight Club. I want them to be the same person. I want Jeff Goldblum this is to the be hard, Tyler this, Durden. Well, this is the movie like when I was kind of like, maybe we shouldn't do the certain ones because we need a lot of kids. Oh. But like, what would you do with Jackie Chan and Jeff Goldblum in, in The Breakfast Club? Breakfast Club? Jeff Goldblum would be uh, the principal and Jackie Chan would be that uh, that janitor that kind of was like you know that that had a little bit of the wisdom. 
Yeah, okay. You know, that kind of came through and said, you know, basically he was the Judd Nelson character kind of grown up where it was like, yeah. you know, you guys are a bunch of screw-ups now, but, you know, you don't, you know, fine, you guys can make fun of me, but, you know, you know what's coming kind of thing. But Goldblum as the principal, I would not, I would be, a, it would be a hard time for me to hate him, though. Yeah, Jeff like, Goldblum never really plays, like, like characters that you don't like. Yeah. So you got to figure out, then you have Jackie Chan be a gym teacher that's there on a Saturday that runs him through drills and fights people. That's the only thing I could think of, really. That would be funny yeah. if he just beat him up. Like, <laughs> like you're going to do karate or kung fu, and you're just going to, like, like fight Jackie Chan. But, oh. yeah. Um, but but you wouldn't want Jeff Goldblum in Fight Club? <sighs> I don't know. Like, could, could you imagine, take out Brad Pitt. So you have Ed Norton and Jeff Goldblum as Tyler Durden. I don't know why. I just like the idea that you'd have Jeff Goldblum being like all badass, but still saying the things he says with his like hand motions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that would be would be funny. All right, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We have Megan Fox. All right, well that. All right, and then we have Helen Mirren. Oh jeez. So, so is she Principal Rooney? Oh, she's totally Principal Rooney. Yeah. And so then, then, does that make Megan Fox Sloan, or make her Ferris? How about that? Well, she's kind of older, older now. now. I don't think yeah. she could pull it off. It couldn't couldn't pull. She off. could be the yeah. She could be the older sister. She could be the Jennifer Grey character. Yeah, even though she was in high school too. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there were other characters in the movie that she would kind of fit into that were. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Pretty much got to have the kids, or you could have Megan Fox be the principal, unbelievably so, and then Helen Mirren be the secretary. That's kind of. Like... I would rather have <laughs> Helen Mirren going around. But it, but okay, so if you remade Ferris Bueller's Day Off today, though, could you could you make it with the knowing of social media, how everything spreads like wildfire? Which in the original movie, it's funny how fast Ferris Bueller's plight of being sick spreads, mm-hmm. and how you have water towers say say Ferris, and all the kids know. But now it feels like that would be a thing people would like know like that. So how do you how do you still have it, that that ex- escapism and adventure today? Well, I think you could have it with like um like I think you could have it on a different scale. Because, like, the water, everything was, like, isolated to that small town. The way that we are nowadays, it's, like, stuff goes viral. Like, a kid sings... Like, Ferris would be, be trending on that. It would be tr- a national, like, like, like people... Like, you would see, like, you know, people at the Today Show making, like, plans to try to book Ferris Bueller on the Today Show. And because, while Principal Rooney doesn't use social media and doesn't understand what's going on Right, she's them. completely yeah. frustrated by it, so she doesn't know. And then, like, yeah, like... And then, like, everybody knows in the school but Rooney... Okay. Because she's not like, you know, she's like me. She's not with social media. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that would be funny. And then I like to see Helen Mirren get into some, like, hijinks with people spitting Pepsi on her. And get chased by a dog. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next movie. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds. All right. Oh, God, this is going to be terrible. All right. Let's, who do I have second here? Original cast member. So, all right. So, which of the original cast members of Revenge of the Nerds? Did you want Booger? Did you want Ogre? Did you want um, um, Poindexter? Did you want uh, uh, the two main guys? I can't remember their Anthony names. Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall's in that, yeah. I think it would be cool. We, you could probably get Anthony Michael Hall back. Yeah. Um, and then I have Jeff Dunham, because I thought it would be funny <laughs> to put that asshole in here. And he would be... he. I, I could almost see him being an alumni of like the 80s Trilam house, where he was just ostracized for being a really shitty ventriloquist. Like... Well, like Oh yeah, that's true. Like he's like somebody that the the nerds will latch on to. Yeah, and like and he has like peanut, like you know, wearing the little right. trilam sweater. I was trying to think of something like maybe and he, he was throws like, his voice at all the ner- like all the jocks, and they and they cause a fight because they think they're all talking shit to each other. <laughs> I was thinking thinking he was like the dean who would do like a Mister <laughs> a Mister Garrison thing where he always had a puppet that he would talk to the students with, and you're just like, why is the dean talking to me? He's a career a counselor for the college, or right? Something? Yeah. yeah. Okay, there you go. That'd be great. 
All right. Have you thought about ventriloquism? No, I want to get paid. Oh, and now I get actual Fight Club. So let's see who we get in Fight Club. <laughs> Could you imagine a Jeff Dunham in Fight Club, where it's like, <laughs> it's just it's just him with his hand out there. And it's like you guys don't see that puppet. It's like there's hey, no puppet what's there. What's going on? All right, Sam Jackson. Oh man, and Aaron Paul. I... God, those are two people that I want to see in a lot of movies. Fight Club, though, like. The I can thing, see Aaron Paul in an updated like being the Ed Norton character. I could see Aaron Paul being the Edward Norton character. I could not see Sam Jackson being Tyler Durden. No. I could see him being Meatloaf's character. Yeah. Where like and not necessarily like the, the same setup. The same setup, but maybe he meets him in a meeting like an AA meeting or something like that. Like, like he's, Sam, he's part of the cause. Like Sam Jackson's trying to get his stuff back together, and maybe he's just kind of like a down on his luck, like, um, you know, uh, like divorce a dad who I don't know, like is is. But he really gets into Project Mayhem. He can't, yeah, he can't yeah. talk to his, he can't meet with his grandkids or something like that, or something keeps him out of like you know his family, and then like it's the snakes. Yeah, it's the snakes. But <laughs> then like he meets Tyler Durden, and you know, yeah, I could totally see that. Okay, because Sam Jackson always plays like. I don't think he plays a lot of characters that are kind of vulnerable like that character was. But he could do it. He I could mean, totally yeah, do it, yeah. but I think that would be interesting. Yeah. But Aaron Paul, I could see him being I could totally Ed Norton see him and being, being Tyler Ed Durden. Norton. Like, I could see who, him do who, the double. Okay, so who could... Oh, as double. Yeah. Well, because I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Like, I mean, in the movie, you had Brad Pitt that was his better self, right? Tyler yeah. Durden was always like... But I could see Aaron Paul pulling off both. Like, I could. It, like, he would be an interesting Tyler Durden. You know, and have it, have it be... Well, this is totally coming away from Polynuk stuff, but like, have it be like you you come across somebody who is your your twin brother that you didn't know you had, yeah, and then it turns out it's just another personality that you created. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. But, well, yeah, because also like the way the book ended, and spoiler alert, um, the whole like, hey, this is a personality that's there and not there. That's still the same, but at the end. Um, Edward Norton, like they never, they call him Jack. They never actually say his real name. Yeah, and then he ends up in a mental asylum, and Project Mayhem still going on without him. And everybody there is like, "No, sir, it's okay, it's okay." And so, like, he can't even get out and stop himself. So it's like kind of like it was interesting how it's like they didn't have the whole thing at the end with the the buildings coming down. It was just implied that what was what was going to happen. But it's like he was so Tyler Durden that he couldn't even stop anybody from like they couldn't they, they wouldn't even let him out because it's like no sir you've told us about this well last year they did a dark horse comics did a run with chuck polinick where they did fight club two yeah like a like a like a 10 issue series where jack is married to marla and tyler's basically suppressed with like meds and then he starts to come out again and oh and i read the first two issues and i have all of them I just kind of been back shelving them because it's like, you know, like I'm like, okay, I'm going to read this new stuff and I'm going to get back to you, Fight Club. Don't worry. I'll check that so, out. That'd yeah. be interesting. All right. We're almost done here. So, all right. Uh, what do we got here? A couple more. Got a couple more. Uh, maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. And Mila Kunis. Yeah. Sure. That's the sexy younger update. Yeah. Even though Matt Damon's starting to get up there in age two. Um, you know, I. I it's it's just cars going crazy and people fighting cars. They're going crazy. Um, I think even though Matt Damon has gotten to the point where he's taken himself as like a very serious actor, I, I don't think he's had many opportunities to actually do like action comedy. He I hasn't think. he hasn't done anything recently I can think of that's been like out of his like typical Martian Jason Bourne realm of like yeah. serious movies. It's like I haven't really seen him in a comedy in a long time and. 
like I think he's had a couple cameos and some small stuff, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the Maximum Overdrive, it, it played itself. It, the actors treated it very. I don't know. Everyone knew it was like Stephen King's cocaine fill, filled nightmare as he was filming it, but like it's 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 um, not funny on purpose, right? So I feel like you could still make this more winking at the camera, but like Mila Kunis could definitely play the role that Yearly Smith played in the original, where she's the the re, like the new bride with her husband and like this terrible Southern accent, and they end up at the Dixie Boy uh, dry, uh, like diner, and she's just yelling at her boyfriend Curtis the entire time. Like I don't know, like I. I did not realize Yardley Smith was in that. It was her like her first uh, film appearance. Huh. Like you watch that movie, it's like it hurts to hear her voice. You're like, that's Lisa Simpson, and she's really annoying. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so well, um, Lisa Simpson's pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that Yardley Smith sounds exactly like, like she doesn't change her voice at all. It's it's weird. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. All right, we got Nick Cage. No. And who else? Original cast member. So who so, do you want? Oh, man. So Eddie Murphy, man. You know they would get Eddie Murphy uh, back to do. You wouldn't want Judge Reinhold back? And no. then Nick Cage as the Beverly Hills cop? Like, he's from Detroit. He sees some shit, man. <laughs> he goes out to Hollywood. I don't know. Like, because I don't know how you would pair those two together in a Beverly Hills cop movie. Maybe Nick Cage is the bad guy. I think Nick Cage would probably be the bad guy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it's not anything to do with police work. It's just about like, like, hey, Nick Cage, we're in Hollywood now. We're trying to stop you from making movies. And Nick Cage is playing himself. He's like, you'll never catch me, man. You know, it's like running around and they shoot his toupee off. And, you know, eventually they don't catch him. But like the IRS does. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> like he ends up in the cell with Whistly Snipes. And that's the end of the movie. Anyway, last right. last movie is The Goonies. All right. We got uh, Michael B. Jordan, who is from uh, Creed and uh, um, Fantastic Four remake. And Amanda Seyfried. So they're a little young, but they're not young enough to be Goonies. thought we had The Rock in there. Did we not pull The Rock? I pulled The Rock for The Warriors. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, so Michael B. Jordan and Amanda Seyfried. They could be like the older kids that uh, their, their, younger, their younger brothers and sisters are off finding stuff, and they join them or try to be like responsible and keep them. Like the Josh Brolin type from uh, the first movie. I don't know. That's kind of a stretch because Josh Brolin still was like, like just – fresh into high school yeah i don't know maybe that one doesn't work out so well that doesn't work out too well i was trying to think of somebody that could play the fratellis um i just get get the kids from stranger things and remake the goonies right now that's what he's like even if you have amanda seafried and michael b jordan play like the villains of the movies like the criminals that are running from the cops i just don't see them no. being creepy and menacing enough to to be to be the Fratelli type characters, yeah. So so the Nacho hat doesn't always work out. Oh well, uh, we had kinda, some we had some good ones, but yeah. Anyway, that, that's, that's what that. you get. That's that's what you get when you mess with the Nacho hat. You never know, right? Um, all right, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, next week, not sure what we're talking about. I know that is um, at that time. I will be one week away from being married. So Whoa. talk about uh, my brain starting to melt a little bit. Like I was at work sitting there going, in two weeks, I'm actually going to be married. Like. What the heck does that mean? Like, yeah. like, so you got you got one more guys. You got one. Was it one more week of podcast? Then it's then it's break. Yeah, we're gonna be off for a week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna be off for a week because I'll be because he's gonna be Joe's gonna be in Vegas with me as well because I'm heading to Vegas to get married. Woo! Yeah, just don't tell my girlfriend that. Um, okay. No, I'm, I'm joking. Like like I'm leaving her here. What are you doing? I'm gonna go get married. I'll be back later. Now. Uh, Going out to Vegas for the week next, but not this week coming, but the week after. So it'd be really tough to try to record a show and upload it when I'm not anywhere near the equipment. Right. And also I'll be getting married. Like, I just feel like that's something that I should probably pay attention to. Um, 
I almost want to do like a Vegas episode next week, and I don't know what to do about that though. Oh, I'll figure something out. Like a Vegas. Let's type? Let's do a Vegas type episode. Okay, because we can do a lot of stuff. Vegas, we could talk about the games in Vegas. We talk movies in Vegas. Okay, we'll do a Vegas uh, so. episode. Um, and, and maybe I'll just go ahead and uh, try to uh, get my other partner in crime, uh, Kevin of the Stranger Highways. Maybe I'll see if I get him to bump that episode uh, the, called The Fever, where it's about a slot machine. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll try to get that one bumped up the chain a little bit. And we can watch that and talk about it. Anyway, um, so there's that. Uh, have, have a safe weekend. Um, and I don't know, watch some Carpenter movies because they're awesome. Yeah. Um, or watch some movies that are Carpenter remakes, kind of, and watch them <laughs> like we did. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like please uh, follow us on social media, interact with us there. Uh, please go to iTunes and Stitcher. I know Stitcher, you can you can go like on, on a regular desktop computer and and find our show and rate us there. So give us five stars if you could. That'd be amazing. iTunes, give us five stars. I think it's five stars. I still need to get us on Google Play. I keep forgetting to do that. But if wherever you guys listen to us, if you could rate us, that would be amazing. I'd appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it. Do it for us as uh, we sit here and sweat in the last days of summer. Yeah, it's, I'm dying in here. So Fall anyway, needs to get here. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Till next week. Tell two friends. Tell two friends.